Hey to all you fish enthusiasts out there. Whether you're an avid angler or just curious about fish, we'd like to welcome you to Fish of the Week. I'm Katrina Liebich with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service in Alaska. And I'm Guy Euro. I just really like fish and fishing. It's Monday, January 25th, 2021, and we're excited to talk about all the fish. This week's Fish of the Week is the coho salmon. But we're not talking about just the the typical coho salmon that you normally think about that come in towards the end of the summers and uh, people fish in the rivers, right? Are we, Katrina? No, today we're talking about stocked coho salmon in Anchorage. So they're going to be smaller fish. Um, they're actually, they almost look kind of like a smolt. So, you know, they're just, they're, they're small. Um, but the reason they're stocked in town is that Anchorage is, you know, one of the, well, it is the most populated area in Alaska. And there's a lot of folks that want to do some local fishing during the winter, um, including kids. So today we're going to focus on stocked coho um, and hopefully give you guys some ideas on, you know, how to do a very close to home trip. Uh, if you have kids, this is a great um, kind of easy way to keep busy during the winter. So that's what we're talking about today. It's a put and take fishery here in town. Uh, you know, they put a lot of fish in these lakes, just given the population here. Um, and it's it's quite fun. I mean, you can catch a number of fish if you go out just for a few hours. Um, there's a number of lakes in town. Uh, some of the more popular ones are Jewel Lake, Cheney Lake, DeLong Lake. Those are really good places to start. And you can actually go on Fishing Games website and see the last time that they've been stocked. You can search by species. So if we were going to try to target coho salmon, we'd search by that. And it says, you know, some of the lakes were stocked uh, in 2019. Some of them were stocked last year in February. I think usually before there's a, a large kids fishing event that's held in February. Um, and usually before that, uh, just even a few days before they'll stock the lakes in preparation for that because of the amount of kids that come out for those events. Um, but yeah, you can get a pretty good idea on which lakes have been stocked, what size of fish. Um, so, you know, four inch fish versus 10 inch fish and kind of decide where you want to go based on that information that you can find online. So they will stock through the ice then? Are, are they going yeah. in? Uh, are they warm in the water and then stocking by the shore? Or are they just stocking through holes? Uh, any I, that? I've seen it. They've got a big uh, stocking vehicle and they have a big kind of tube that they put down into a hole and um, basically transfer the fish from the stocking truck down through that tube into the lake. So it's a pretty neat thing to see. Um, right and uh, are they stocking... We're, we're talking cohos today, but do they stock multiple different species? How do you know what you might catch and what you should be uh, keeping and how to know if it's a coho or not? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, they are stocking more than just cohos. They're also stocking species like Chinook, um, rainbow trout, char. So when you go out to a lake with your kids, you definitely want to check... Um, basically each lake says what's stocked in there and you want to be familiar with fish id you want to be able to tell which one you've caught so you can follow the regulations and keep the the correct amount uh for your limit um and i was gonna ask you i mean you helped work on that fish id tool what's some advice you might have for folks that are going out with kids maybe not super familiar with salmonids uh, just some quick tips on identification things to think about so with cohos, especially uh, when they're this small, adults, you can, of course, they're called skunk jaws, uh, <laughs> colloquially sometimes, because they have uh, black gum, but then with uh, a white ridge along it. But when they're younger, you might not be able to see that. 
some people look at the par marks and try to say, okay, uh, the cohos tend to have closer together, thinner par marks, but that generally isn't a good way to do it. Uh, when Scott Glassmeyer and I were working on this uh, fish ID tool and trying to identify salmon in Alaska, what we found was well, one of the more reliable characteristics, uh, and this is telling between uh, Chinook and Coho because those are the two that really look very similar to one another is you, you want to look at the adipose fin. That's the fleshy fin near the tail of the fish. And if you, you look really closely at it, and you might want to get a, even a magnifying glass, uh, you can see that there's pigmentation all throughout uh, the coho's adipose fin. Whereas on Chinook, they'll have an area in the middle of the adipose fin uh, that's kind of clear, not not see-through, not but kind of translucent, but you can tell that there's none of these pigment cells on there. Yeah, that's super useful. And then it's kind of a process of elimination. So you can look at, you know, if you find something with light spots on dark skin, that's going to be a char. So you can kind of start to learn those basic features and be like, okay, I, I have a char. Okay, I have a, a salmon or a trout. You can look at the spots. Some of the rainbow trout will be a little bit more colored up with those rosy sides. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely recommend brushing up on your fish ID so you're not kind of fumbling around trying to find information on your phone when it's cold out and you got your kid and you're trying to figure out what you can keep or not. Now, Katrina, I I'm curious. So you you've taken many kids out fishing uh, on the ice and uh, on the open water. And I'm curious, what can you do to kind of maintain interest? Do you ever find that uh, there's something that you can do to make sure that your kids are having a good time beyond uh, the, the fishing aspect to, to just to make sure that this is a good experience for them? Yeah, I found that snacks are key. You're going to want to maybe bring some hot chocolate, maybe a candy bar. Um, that's something that our kids really look forward to. We've got a three and seven year old. So, I mean, obviously you want to dress your kids warm and, you know, prepare them to go outside. Um, one thing with ice fishing, um, you're always going to want to keep the whole scooped of ice. So when you have your scooper, that's a really great job for a kid to have because you're going to constantly be scooping that, keeping them active. Um, and it's good to scoop it anyways because you don't want your line to start sticking to the side of the hole or get nice chunked up on it. Um, so I find that works well. Um, fishing with a bobber is really fun for kids. They can kind of watch the bobber see when it's moving um you can actually put your um head down towards the hole and kind of look through the hole with your hands on either side and you can sometimes see the fish swimming around so that's a really neat thing to show kids um, a lot of times you'll see them kind of laying belly down on the ice looking down through the hole uh, looking for the fish then with kids it's really just um making it fun i mean you want to catch fish when you have a kid you don't want it to be super you know, difficult fishing where you're waiting and waiting. Um, so, you, you know, it, it is a really good place in town in terms of these stock lakes to get kids kind of hooked on fishing and then they can start exploring some of those more um, unique Alaska opportunities um, that we, we can find throughout the state. Now, you usually, and I, I know this from experience and going out ice fishing when I was a kid and I had like two percent body fat and got cold all the time <laughs> do you recommend uh people fishing out in the open air or having any kind of structure wind breaks uh any kind of space heaters yeah what, what would you recommend for for that 
Yeah, I mean, it all comes down to how much you want to invest. I mean, at a most basic level, you're gonna you could sit on a bucket. I've done that where you sit on a bucket out in the cold, um, and yeah, if, if there's any winds, that can get old pretty quickly. Um, there are a number of different types of ice shacks that you can buy. I mean, you can buy a pop-up kind of canvas ice shack. Um, that's a really nice, easy thing to set up. Um, in there, you can have a, a small space heater. Um, that breaks the wind. So that's actually a really nice way to get kids started. Um, it's just, I found it's really all about kind of keeping them comfortable. Because once you get uncomfortable, once you get cold, uh, they're just going to be kind of done with fishing. So if you can um, prevent that from happening, you know, through a warm drink or through hand warmers or a windbreak like that, that's always a good idea for sure. Hey everyone, one thing that we want you to always keep in mind, regardless of what you're fishing for, is safety. Every week we're going to give you a new tip or two that you can use to stay safe while you're out on the water. We've talked in this segment before about ice thickness and the dangers of falling through the ice. Today's tip is a rule of thumb that can be used to determine if ice is thick enough to traverse. Four inches of ice is often considered to be the minimum thickness to support a person on foot. Ice five to seven inches thick can support the weight of a snow machine. To get a small car out there, you'll want between 8 inches and a foot, and for a larger truck, you'll want at least 12 inches. Make sure to check the thickness in different places because ice is not always uniform even on a given body of water. Now we've kind of gotten talking about uh, ice fishing in general and fishing with kids, uh, but I'm curious uh, to, to get back to the fish of the week, which is the coho mm -hmm. salmon. Uh, the landlocked variety, the stocked variety. Uh, when you're fishing for these through the ice, uh, how do you want to approach it? What kind of, uh, assuming that with kids, uh, maybe you want to start, you, you, you want to use baits rather than artificials. Uh, what might you want to use and where are you going to want to put that in the water column? Yeah, so with coho, and it's going to be similar for Chinook too. A lot of the lakes are going to have both. Um, I've used anything from cured salmon roe, so salmon eggs essentially. Um, they're they're really brightly colored. Um, I've used popcorn shrimp that's been frozen. Um, I think that's what they use for those big uh, fishing events. But you know, it's just kind of it's visible. It's kind of smelly. Um, and then I've also tried tube jigs, but any of those things work. And what I'd recommend is, you know, drill a number of different holes. I mean, you're going to drill some close to shore, maybe drill some a little bit deeper, test out some different depths, um, and you'll you'll quickly figure out where the fish are orient themselves in the water column. Um, the fun thing about sticking your head down towards the ice is you can actually, like I mentioned, see them. So that's one way to set your depth. Um, another thing you can do um, to figure out depth is you have a little weight that you put on the bottom of your hook, kind of drop that down, um, figure out how deep it is, and then you're going to be able to set your bobber at different depths by sliding it up and down on your line. Um, but again, with, with fishing, it's all about experimentation. So if one thing's working, then another, you can really start kind of keying in on that and um, just trying different things um, based on the, you know, the conditions that you have at whatever lake you're at. So over the course of this episode, we've really been focusing on kids and getting them involved in fishing and the whole fish culture. Not fish culture, 
but <laughs> fish culture. Uh, and so I'm curious, is there any kind of recipes that might be pretty simple, straightforward, that even a child could uh, take on uh, at, at the cooking stage? How I like to prepare them is you take them home, you're going to kind of wash off that outer slime layer, um, cut the head off, and then make a cut um, basically from the bottom of the neck uh, and down, and you'll you'll take out the guts. Um, kids usually seem to be interested in the whole gutting procedure and seeing what's in there. You can actually see what they've been eating. Um, so when you gut a fish, uh, even a small fish, you can actually cut open the stomach and see if it's got someone else's cured eggs in there or someone's popcorn shrimp or whatever, maybe even a tube jig. And again, kind of like the blackfish, um, I like to bake them. So you can put some oil in a pan, put a little seasoning in there, and then when they're done cooking, you'll be able to to tell they're done when they start flaking like the the flesh becomes kind of white and flaky and you can pull that uh, backbone out with the um with the ribs attached um so that's that's how i like to do it that's actually we run a summer fishing program with kids here in town and that's how we cook them we cook them right on site um with a propane little kind of camp stove so you could potentially take a little camping stove out on the ice with you and have the whole process of catching cleaning and cooking the fish all done out on the ice if you wanted to oh yeah for sure I think that would be a, a pretty neat experience to do that kind of just straight lake to plate kind of process. Well, that sounds like a great uh, activity for the whole family to participate in this winter, especially when you're uh, having to come up with new things when you're not allowed to go and see your <laughs> friends and family. Sure is. Okay, so that's your fish of the week. Uh, this week we talked about coho salmon, uh, fishing stock coho salmon in Anchorage Lakes. We'd love it if you would get out there and enjoy all the fish. Am I supposed to sign off with anything? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> um, bye, everyone. See you next week. You're putting me on the spot. Thanks for listening to Fish of the Week. My name is Katrina Liebich, and my co-host is Guy Eero. This show is produced by David Hoffman of Citizen Race Car, assisted by Garrett Tiedemann and Kelsey Kors. Fish of the Week is a production of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Alaska Region, Office of External Affairs. As the service reflects on 150 years of fisheries conservation, we honor, thank, and celebrate the whole community, individuals, tribes, the state of Alaska, our sister agencies, fish enthusiasts, scientists, and others who have elevated our understanding and love as people and professionals of all the fish. Thank you.